Hello, and welcome to the Three Vice Men podcast. I'm James. I'm Dom. And I'm Matt. And together we're going on a verbal pilgrimage, taking in all things craft beer. From delicious dippers to dandelion saisons, we'll be looking at what breweries are doing well, and maybe not so well. We'll also be looking at what trends look set to take off this year, and what we're excited about, as well as delving into some of our beery stories. Most importantly though, we'll be sampling beers each episode, and giving our opinions on them, unfiltered by untapped hopefully. So join us as we journey into the world of craft beer, and whilst we may not have a new king to look for, we'll certainly be worshipping a lot of tasty beers along the way. So sit back, crack a beer, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to uh, the Three Vice Men podcast, back again, this time in 2021. If we're honest, uh, we've been here for a while. I assume you have as well. Um, But we're going to do our our wrap-up episode for 2020 now. It probably should have been recorded a little bit sooner, but uh, thanks for waiting for us. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Matt Waring and Dom Lewis. Lads, how are we doing today? Very good, Curtis. It's lovely hearing your tones back through my headphones. It's nice to see your face as well. You're too kind. You're too kind. Um, I know we've got a lot to get through today, so if we start off with what we're drinking tonight. Uh, no theme, so we've gone a little bit free form. Matt, what's uh, what's in your glass? Uh, tonight, uh, Curtis, I am drinking uh, Long Lost uh, by Flock Brewing Company, uh, which Flock have described uh, El Dorado, Simcoe and Cascade hops shine through a pillowy, soft, uh, light malt base in this big IPA with a slight bitterness for super easy drinking tropical vibes. Uh, and I'll uh, give you my opinion now. Some very bold description there. Yeah, it's definitely you've got a bitterness to it, and there's definitely tropicalness to it. I think the bitterness could be maybe lowered a bit. Uh, it's uh, it's it's slightly overpowering at the beginning, but uh, there's definitely some nice uh, flavours coming through uh, there as well. Um, yeah, good effort, Dom Lewis. What's in your glass? I am drinking a beer from Overtone. It's one of their pails. And uh, this is hops with Columbus and Azaka. Azaka. Um, yeah, it's just this light, fluffy pale ale is simply so good. You're left wanting just one more every time. So I will be putting that to the test. But first impressions does seem quite lovely, to be fair. This seems like a perfect Thursday evening beer. I, I have had that um... Tom, you can't give away when we record these. People think this is a Monday morning. We've got a job, you know. Oh, yeah, this course. is a job to do. <laughs> no, I have had that beer, and it is, it is lovely, actually. Um, looking forward to seeing more stuff from them in 2021. However, we're talking about 2020, and what's in my glass is one of my favourites, 2020. Not the beer, but the brewery. So I've not had this before. Uh, this has come courtesy of Dominus and Beer Riff. Uh, it's full disclosure. Nice 4% pale, Galaxy, Citrus, Simcoe, you know, you know the drill. The Three Amigos, that's what they call themselves. Um, I'll tell you more about it later. We've got a lot to get through, lads. Um, as a little bit of a, uh, a teaser for the categories we're going to be trying to say, which we think, what we think wins in those categories coming up, if I can talk properly. Uh, we're going to talk about some sub 7% pales to start with. And later we'll go into the bigger stuff, stouts, funky beers, top breweries. Um, so if I start off with you, Dom, and I don't know if any of that made sense, what I've just said, but 
could you give me some of your nominations for your favourite sub 7% pale ales of the year? Um, you might call me a bottle job for this one, but it's got to, it's got to get the credit it deserves. And that is going to be Daya Steady Rolling Man. Easy I know it's me. a core beer. I know it's a core beer, but it's delicious every single time I've had it. I can't argue against Steady Rolling Man. Neither I might I. argue with you on a technicality that it's it's not really a 2020 beer, is it? I I completely back Steady Rolling Man, and I back it for the same reason that, that Don backs it, is that every single time I've had a can of Steady Rolling Man, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. It's, I don't know, it's... Um, it's a bit like a for the for, for the football fans out there. It's a bit like a John McGinn. Never gives you less than eight out of ten every single time you have it. Um, so I, I completely back Don for saying that one. Um, Don, can I ask you a question? And that question is: Steady Rolling Man Strata yes. was a beer that was released for the first time in 2020. Yep. Uh, and for the purpose of the recording, I'm going to say this year because it's easier for me. It's going to be um, much easier. Yep. How did that compare for you? Was it was it better? Was it? I don't think the Strata added anything, which I was kind of like, I, I was kind of disappointed because Strata has kind of been a breakthrough hop this year. Um, it's something that I've kind of seeked out this year when I've seen it in a beer. I've been like, oh, I'm really intrigued to to try it, see what it's like. Um, but it just didn't it didn't elevate steady. I, I was drinking it and I was like, this is nice, but would I be just as happy with a regular steady? And the answer was yes. Probably pay less as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it just reaches that point where you just can't really, you can't really go wrong with it. And if you did a top three pale beers and Steady wasn't in there, you would be doing it a disservice. That's how I feel. You can like it or lump it. That's fair enough. Fair enough. I might have to rule you out on a technicality, but fair enough. Uh, Matt, who's your first pick in this draft of smaller? I don't think it's technically cast as, cast as a pale. Um, but it's definitely sub 7%. It's a beer that I tried quite recently, a couple of weeks ago, that I got on the Cloudwater Online shop. It's, uh, it's a bit of a legend in the craft beer game. It's Allagash White. Um, it was like, none of the flavours kind of blew me away, but as a well-rounded beer, it was, it, it was, you could tell that it'd been brewed you know, it's been being brewed for decades and they've just got the recipe spot on. And, it, you know, it had notes of coriander. It had notes of lemon. It, it had notes of breadiness. It was it was such a well-made beer. And a bit like with Steady, I just feel like it, it deserves a lot of credit. Uh, and that's why I'm chucking it in the mix. You have gone, you've seen Dom's, like, what, 2016 debut? and raised him at a 1990s debut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So coming back to actual 2020 rather than beers that we just drank in 2020, I'm going to say Hector versus Galaxy. Daya, one of Daya's first Galaxy Hopped Pale Ales that came out earlier in this year, January. And when I drank it, you open it and you just, you get all that Daya trademark juicy goodness, you get all the softness wrapped up in a delicious little Galaxy snuggle blanket. And it's just wonderful. Are we allowed to say that, Dom? Is Galaxy's snuggle blanket a, a trademark term? Uh, I don't think they've come out with their snuggle blanket yet. <laughs> what, what are you bringing to the party, Curtis? So I've thought about this quite a lot, to be honest. And I say quite a lot. I'm scrolling through my untapped now. I also were... do the same. 
<laughs> there, there were quite a few beers in and around that sort of seven percent. I think seven percent was a very there were a lot of six point eights this year. I found, but I I probably and not wanted to go Daya again with, with some of those picks. Uh, I did have a lovely pale uh, from Cloudwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not a surprise to be honest. Having a lovely pale from Cloudwater. Uh, this one. I think you can you can genuinely call it a pale rather than a massive triple IPA, uh, and I'm going to find scroll back up to it now because I want to get the name wrong. I've scrolled past it. I'm changing my nomination <laughs> for my first pick, and I'm going with uh, something Blanc from Finback. Ooh, yes. Oh, good show. Bang on the yeah. line at seven percent. So, uh, yeah, you might get a batch that slightly goes out of that category. Okay. Uh, had it in June. It was it was phenomenal and part of a trend of American beers coming over. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, very like sweet uh, and that kind of vanillary flavour, which I think was a bit of a trend in IPAs this year. As well. Yeah, definitely. I think it was something that they'd started to learn how to use a bit more um, for milk. It was kind of like taking what they'd learned from milkshake IPAs and then toning it down a little bit. And this one just got it spot on. It was the yeah, it was the beer equivalent of Formula One technology coming down to uh, to cars, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I've got another uh, import that I'm going to throw into the mix, and that's the yeah. Double Dry Hop Green City from this year. Yeah, that's another fantastic beer. Other half just know how to do beers, and this was no exception. Like it had a nice bit of bitterness to it, and a little bit of bubble gum in there as well. And yeah, it was just a really nice one to drink. Um, I know, I know, we're trying to steer away from core beers, but I think Flamingo Lingo has to have a shout in there somewhere. I'll allow it because I think he's slightly changed. He's changed to the verdant yeast that goes in there, and I think it's just elevated what was already a really good beer into like a great beer. And I think it's one that would definitely hold its own when you compare it to some of the cloud water and dares we've had this year. So I'm going to throw Flamingo into the mix. And a beer that you've had a bit more experience with recently, but I think we'll save that story for a, a future episode to stay peeled for that. Uh, I'm going to throw out a bit of a rogue choice considering they didn't brew for a lot of the year, uh, but DeLorean Dynamite from Neon Raptor was another beer I had this year that I thought, yeah, fair play. Only rocked in at 5.4%, uh, but you know, held up very well. And I was very tempted to go back and get some more cans when I saw it in the bottle shop. Matt, have you got another nomination to throw into the pile? Yeah, I have. Um, you know, get your whisk ready because I'm going to chuck this into the mix. Uh, it's Polly's Brew Company. Takes a little time. Ooh. Coming in at 6.8%. Uh, it's a result of their experimentation with Treehouse Brewing Company's Holy Trinity Yeast Blend. Jesus. And they brought that to North Wales. Um oh. This this makes me annoyed that I missed out on this one because this sounds <laughs> delicious. Tom, have you been to Treehouse? I have been to Treehouse, but that's a story for another day. That's yeah. a story for another day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had this quite early on at the beginning of the year uh, in my local craft beer place. And yeah, you know, it's what you expect, I guess, from the Treehouse influence. Uh, it was just really nice, kind of like orangey um, and a bit grapefruity as well. Um, and it also almost a bit like resinous as well. Um, and on and tap, they describe it as a nod to the American haze craze. Uh, and yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So uh, I'd like to nominate that one. 
Very nice. Oh, very nice. I think I've got one pick left. Better make it a good one. And then we're going to rank this thing. We are going to then have to rank this. Hopefully we can remember what we what we said. And I'm going to go with the Cloudwater one that I forgot earlier, <laughs> which was uh, please be lovely to each other. Nice beer came out post-lockdown one, I want to say. Um, and kind of, I thought, captured the harmonious spirit of the nation in a glorious glass. Uh, and Cloudwater can use that for their marketing material. Uh, I won't take any royalties, <laughs> but I will take a free case of it. Uh, thanks very much. I think that's a fair trade to me, to be honest. Mm. So I'm going to say it. Steady rolling man. I don't care what's top two. Steady rolling man's going third. I don't think we should rank steady because I think it's an all-time great, along with Alagash White. Oh, I was going to say... Alagash White, I think it has to be number one. <laughs> <laughs> That's bloody outrageous. That's bloody outrageous. Okay. Uh, I'd be willing to make a case for double dry hop Green City. Yep, I would back that. We'll, we'll stick it in third. We're a tough crowd. It was delicious. Other half have already got the respect they need. They don't need number one on uh, three vice men's top three pails <laughs> under 7% of 2020. The trophies will be in the post. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So we'll we get got, there particularly quick. But So we've got Green City 2020 in third. Second yeah. place. This is a toughie. This is a very hard one. I feel like Hector versus Galaxy is is really up there. Yeah, yeah. The pale ales go it was, and it was a, it was an absolute showcase of what Dare can do. It's what they're all about, just banging out just juicy pale ales. And yeah. I think some of their some of their something good series could have really like could have taken half the spots in this in this category. I was gonna, I was going to say something good four. That was one of my favourite ones. Um, that would would have been the one I would want put forward. I think it's hard to like isolate one on their own. Like if yeah, we it's doing... true series of the year then something good or saturated they'd, bo- they'd both be like one yeah. of them so they'd, they'd be up there with the polys uh ddh yeah yeah definitely. definitely um i i i'll go um i might make a case for hector versus galaxy number one number one okay we'll take that it, it was one of the first beers that i had this year and went wow yeah so hector versus galaxy number one Double dry hop green city number three, which leaves us number two. I really want to make a case for beer here. Okay. Because Flamingo Lingo is the drink that you could just drink all the time. I've had it every time I have it, I'm happy. Like I haven't been disappointed with it. And I yeah. think consistency, as they say in expected goals philosophy, is key. I, I can agree with that. I <laughs> Sorry, West Brom. <laughs> I have just thought of another contender for series of the year, but we won't get into that now. So in my mind, it's between Flamingo Lingo and Please Be Lovely to Each Other. Okay. And as I'm not 100% convinced that I got Please Be Lovely Together's name absolutely correct, I'm going to probably have to give my vote to Flamingo Lingo. Matt, are you happy with that? Yeah, yeah, I can settle with that. There nice. we go. Dea, Beer Riff. Other half. Sorry, other half. Like, you're going to have to up your game. Get yourself <laughs> Wales for some tips. Uh, if get yourself over to Daya. Get that collab. Make sure both your levels get up. Uh, trophies are in the post. Moving on to the next category. Uh, next category, above 7%. 
pails. Now this is this is the heavy hitters. This is the stuff we've all wanted to see. Uh, I think we said, or Don mentioned this before we started recording. This is the trend that we completely incorrectly called at the start of this year when we thought that low alcoholic beers were going to be a big thing. No, it went the other way. My session is now at 7%. <laughs> this is the future. This is the future we live in. Our lives are shot. We don't care. We've got American. We uh, we'll drink sap. And uh, as long as it's like 12%, then the syrup is good. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start with this one because I can, and I'm still talking. <laughs> I'm going to throw in one from very early in the year. I think we had a lot of okay. very big beers in February. I'm going to go with Troubles. Mm. Wow. Oh, I was going to say Subbles. So, Thank you. I, yeah, I, I see your Troubles and I give it a nod. I will, I'll, yeah. I'll be happy with that. Yeah. I think Cloud Water have been very consistent oh, with their big some beers Some of the stuff that's come out recently. there are probably like the, four Cloud uh, Water tippers that I should chuck one. in there. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. I haven't got my hands on it yet. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Oh, the realist was massive. I had that just snuck into 2020 for me. I had it at New Year's, and that was the realist was an outrageous. Yeah. The realist was huge as well. Um, I think they might have found the cheat codes for for massive, massive IPAs. Um, but I did go with troubles as I was in a bit of a better mood because we were allowed outside in uh, mm, January, February time. So that that's one of my votes. Uh, Matt, you're guaranteed <laughs> on the line at the moment. Get your votes in now. Um. <clears throat> So I think Chibbles is a great shout. Um, I'm going to say another beer that we had in February. It's yeah. uh, I See You by Finback, uh, which was a cantaloupe dipper. And I remember when all of us had Ooh. it, our first reaction was literally like so much melon. And um, it, it was, it was um, like, I, I think that's probably the beer that I've had where I've had the most kind of straight away being able to be like that is that fruit like yeah. the, the melon was just in but almost like it wasn't yeah. overpowering it was like a soft melon uh it was just a really 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 great beer so i just want to chuck yeah i see you by finback onto the list uh dom what about yourself Um, so I could easily name about four beers from the saturated series that have been fantastic, but I'm going to limit myself to just two saturated and strata because strata has been the hype hop and like that beer was fantastic. I really enjoyed drinking it. Like it had everything you've come to expect from dare again um, it didn't taste the percentage. It literally tasted like a 5% beat. It could just crush all day. Um, but it was really good. And yeah, saturated, saturated Nelson was definitely Nelson a banger. Well, because you, you jumped Nelson's in there, Dom, with two dayers. That's and it. after they you know, won the last category, I feel a bit guilty. But one of my picks was I Got You. Ah. The, uh, but I, I'll call it Track and Verdant, as it was a, mm. a collab. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whale watching festival which I don't think happened in the end unfortunately uh, one of my beers of the year for sure I've got one coming up it's what I'm going to drink in the second half of this podcast great beer Matt pick number two so 
I've, Dom mentioning the saturated series has kind of got me thinking now um, because I, I really enjoyed saturated in Motuika um, as well. Thought that was a mm. really good beer. Um, oh, yes. Yes, I think we did yeah. actually. I think we did all have it together. As well, I believe we all had it on um, there. Uh, yeah, that was a, a really great beer. Um, but what I was going to say was uh, Citra Cutting Tiles uh, from Trillium. Uh, had that in the Cloudwater Tap Room. Uh, just a real classic Trillium, just super soft, juicy. Um, I had a little look on Untapped, and I've read this bit of information from there. Brewed with using raw wildflower honey, um, which I've said just added that je ne sais quoi. Uh, I think it just really just brought this like the, really just made it super soft uh, with the, with the honey included in there. But yeah, citra cutting tiles was uh, was massive. Um, Dom, what what you got next? Um, so this is, I feel like we can't mention parallels or MP yeah. parallels without burden. So unconventional tactics. I was thinking about don't tell Gus, but I think that's a rebrew. So I was trying to keep it, trying to keep it current. So I don't get told off by Curtis again. Um, this is another Nelson Sovin hop forward beer. And I think we're beginning to sense a bit of a theme here that New Zealand hops are the best. And yeah, this was just a really, really great double IPA. Super easy to drink, but then it was like, you knew you were drinking a beer yeah, as well. Sure. And that's I what you want from a double IPA. You need to have that alcohol content as well. Is of the, uh, one of my picks from Verdant for sure. Uh, even if I, it didn't come up in my, in my, maybe a curveball in here. I don't know, you might not have had this one, uh, lads. Uh, behind door number three. Yeah, pressure drop. Very big beer. Didn't make Is too many waves in many circles, I don't think. Quite early in the year, I think I had it at the Verdant pressure drop tap from the experiment and got very drunk very quickly. I mean, I had other things as well. Tambourine Mountain nice. was a shout that potentially could have gone in the sub seven category. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but that was, I mean, that was definitely a, a fantastic beer. I have also had behind door number three, so I can vouch for it because I, in fact, gave it a 4.5 and said this That's is really good. The hop choice bangs and there's loads of juicy, fruity flavor in the middle of July. So, yeah, so I will vouch for it. I think Pressure Drop have been good this year. They made a few um, decent payoffs. I was going to, yeah, we'll, we'll get on to check later. in. Curtis might, Matt, have you got um, one last one to throw into the ring? For it. And then we'll it not ring. being a 2020 beer. Um, but it's a kind of a, a, a similar to Allegash White. It's not. It doesn't have legendary status, but it was one that I had for the first time in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Pliny the Elder. <laughs> Wasn't lucky enough to try that this year. Uh, but I did have Putty uh, Verdant, and not only did I have P Putty, um, I didn't have it from a can. Nice. I actually managed to get it on tap. Um, which was which was a bit special and like um, this is also a bit of advertisement because I know Putty is being released again by Verdant mm. um, very very soon They're next week yeah so next week 
Or if Tom Lewis is editing, then we, um, then it was just, released yeah, last week. Citrus flavors <laughs> and uh, a real like resiny pineness. It made me like feel like I was in a forest uh, almost. It was really nice. And then um, some great citrus flavors. It was brewed with Galaxy Mosaic and Azaka. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely, if you can get your hands on a can from Verdant, then I'd definitely recommend it. I'm just going to throw one last name into the into the mix, if that's right, Dom, unless you had another one to throw in as well. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I need to be... Oh, come on. No, it. I was just going to say, out of jealousy, uh, I was going to veto uh, DDH Spur from Polly. <laughs> <laughs> was another very big beer. Um, maybe not. Up in the top three of these beers, but yeah, an honourable mention. Okay. It it, it deserves an honourable mention, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you I'll give you I saturated think a saturated has to be in there. I'm tempted. Yeah. Come on. I'm tempted. It's massive. I want to say pussy for the culture, but I can't. It's it's literally massive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is, it is a huge beer, and you know you you're know going to get it every year. As well, it's it's all right, all right. Putty, putty's, putty's on the bench C's. of number one and two. Yeah. Oh, it's bloody good. We need a cloud water I in did, here. We didn't. It was mentioned, wasn't nominated. I think. The realist. Potentially. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think the realist. I think Troubles, maybe, because each year is different. So that's that's a viable, viable. Yeah. I think maybe troubles two. We could I, go I mean, with. I got you for me is is up there. Oh, but there are a lot of big beers. This is hard. Two wins in a row. I think I I see you was 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 massive. We all, like we all enjoyed. We all like enjoyed that. Yeah. Friends and family. My my only problem with saying yes to I see you was I was very drunk when I had it. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah. I, I just can't. You I can't will still find it delicious it, like, though, because I've had it. Tip top. I've it had it. Top. Yeah, because you would have like you would have said like anything was delicious when you're in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see you number two then, because it has to be in the top three. Are you calling it troubles? And number one. I think we gotta go home. Gotta go home. We, Do we go we, home yeah, or away? We say a lot of this. this That's the big uh, question. American stuff we've imported. Has been outrageously big, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what are you thinking? <laughs> are you thinking putty? Yeah. Yeah, I bloody knew you'd say that. See, the issue is I don't have a comparison. Mm. I don't have like a point to compare. I it once to, said on a previous I do podcast know that Verdant is delicious. Literally, Verdant so dippers are like Victor Wanyama. It's just bangers only. Because of the Putty reference to the one, Montreal Impact uh, central midfielder, I'm going to have to go with Putty number decision one. If, uh, if this year's rebrew isn't any good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if in a week's time you're yes. going to hear our voices edited in, uh, so this is an update well done from Berlin. the 20th of the January. Uh, I think we went with Finn back, number <laughs> two, and Charles Cloudwater, number three, showing that anyone can brew yep. a great big beer. 
<laughs> and what a world we live in. Are you going to say anyone? I thought you were going to say anyone can cook. Yeah. <laughs> anyone, Quoting anyone the great cook. book from Chef Gusteau from Ratatouille. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, category number three. We're not <laughs> fucking around with sub sevens. <laughs> a great one. Like, we don't need to. We're going impy stouts. Impy stouts, which are the only stouts. Uh, dark beers. I'm going to kick off again because I can. Uh, and this is another beer from February and our trip to friends and family. And I'm going to say Maple Faha from Three Chiefs. That was on my list as well. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous beer. No, I don't know about number one. Number I'm going to Raptor. check in another beer okay, that we had at so Friends and Family. Barrel aged double droop. <laughs> yeah. Other half collab with Horus aged ales. This was, was the a, beer was where the Magnum. Yes, we we all had steady rolling man in our glasses. They cracked out this Magnum. We downed was the steady the rolling man. Magnum went into the glass, and it was absolutely delicious. It was outrageous. Fully festival beer. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't that much in the glass, but. Uh, save it every like milliliter yeah absolutely so dom what are you going to chuck into the mix um i think it's got to be one of the my continuous improvements um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the first one the regular one um we had it on one of the brief weekends we were actually allowed to spend together and it was literally the most decadent thing i've ever had um, it was literally just like thick chocolate sauce and was absolutely delicious. Like, to be honest, from the reviews, I haven't had the other series. I'm waiting to side by side them all for a lit episode. Um, but from the reviews, I feel like we could have put any of that series in here. So I'm going to go with the first one because it's what started the train. One we've had and was delicious. I was weighing up between uh, my continuous improvement, but I in the end, picked the Speyside Persistence is Utah from Cloudwater. Mm. I thought that was a, another one from the same weekend. Very big, very decadent, you know, thick. Did everything you want from a big adjunct EMP stout, but with the Speyside barrels that just added that little bit extra for me. I have since bought some Speyside whiskey, like, so good marketing. From yeah, I was, I was going to say that's a very <laughs> strong endorsement of the barrel there. Yeah. The barrel did well. The barrel did good. Uh, Matt, are any of your new suggestions barrel-y? No. Uh, the one, well, obviously one of my suggestions was said by you in the first one, Maple Faha. Mm. Then I chucked in barrel-aged double droop. Uh, the other one I had on my list, it's not barrel. It's not barrel-y. Uh, it's King of the Woodland uh, by Ooh. Left-Handed Giant and yes. the J Brewing Company. Um, I think I had it on a podcast. You did because um, we had we had a great time pronouncing J. Yes, uh, J. <laughs> um, we're doing them a massive disservice, and I'm just going to stop. Um, but oh, welcome on anytime. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, pistachio and honeycomb stout, uh, and it was just yeah, really nice. Have, don't come across pistachio flavors much in the stout, so it was kind of like a almost what drew me to the beer in a way um uh and also it's filthily good rating on untapped um uh, but yeah really you know sweet from the honeycomb and a nice a nice nutty flavor as well from the stash really well made beer um so that's what i'm gonna 
chuck in there as my third nomination. Uh, Dom, what's, uh, what's made your list? Um, so my second nomination, um, this, is, this is a big beer for me. Um, I've got a lot of memories with it because it's the beer that I hit 2,500 check-ins on Untapped with. Um, and it's Bourbon Barrel Age Times 8 by Lervig. So Times 8 was one of my favourite beers of 2019. Like I drank it a couple of times and both times I was like, this is genuinely amazing. Like it was a super thick stout. It was like 16% that had everything you could ask for. Like it was super sweet, but then also had the alcohol and then was chewy. And it was just like, and this barrel aged version of it just elevated it. So I'm going to throw that into the mix because I feel like it needs a, needs a shout out. It's a good shout out. Um, so this not necessarily this beer but this kind of almost run of beers brewery releases occupied probably more of my concentration than any other beers this year uh, not for drinking them, drinking them is very easy uh, for just getting your hands on them, fast fingers you needed to have the fastest fingers in the west to uh Get anywhere near any of these beers it's obviously from the emperor the emperor nice. himself uh and i i went with the interstellar hyperdrive rum barrel aid which was i have to remember which who it was a collab it with. was the liquid light collab yeah liquid light collab and since been released again or yes or with, I, uh, I believe so but it was like a with an extra one yeah, because there was the regular hyperdrive and then there was the uh, interstellar hyperdrive, which was the barrel aged yes. version. And then, yeah, there was a third version of it, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so I have, I've have got a couple more in my garage. I've got another one of the, the Nerd Brewing Collabs, the Yoda Condition. Which yeah, was, I would throw Yoda Condition in there as well. Yoda Condition was a great bit. It was it was a toss up for me between those two, but I went with the uh, Intel Hyperdrive because it was slightly easier to get a hold of. Slightly, maybe that nice. reduces the exclusivity. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I thought we couldn't go without having some real dark side in there. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that. Got a shot at Emperor. Um, be excited for twenty twenty one for Emperor. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, mm-hmm. Matt, you got any more stouts to bring in to the party here? I've said the three that I've written down. Um, I could have a little look in my untapped um, for another well, one, but I, I feel like if me and Curtis have both mentioned Maple Farha, it's got to go up into the, into the yeah. top one, maybe. This is a very, very strong like list we have here to choose from. As we've both, um, both put Maple Farha on our list, I thought another bit we've all had, the... Uh, Caramel fudge stout barrel age cognac edition. Oh, yeah, yes. that was Good definitely shout. the best of the four. That was yeah. one that I really enjoyed having, and you could really taste the barrel on it, and that made such mm. a difference. And having them side by side as well, I know we've talked about it before in the podcast. Um, shout out to anyone who remembers which episode it's from. I don't, uh, <laughs> uh no, but like that was that was a great beer and a great weekend, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay then. So, top Maple three. Farha, number one. Yeah. I remember being stood in line and the guy from Three Chiefs was walking down. He was like, "Guys, Maple Farha has just like come on or something." And I was like, "Oh, it's just kicks." And he was like, "No, it's just come on." Like 
She was like, does anyone appreciate how sick this is? And like us guys were like, fuck yeah. And everyone else was like, what is this? And he was like, they get it. So yeah, Maple Fire Heart. And we did get it and we loved it. it yeah. yeah it's I cannot wait to have anything remotely similar to it from them again. Yeah, 100%. Which hopefully will happen in the future. Dom, you can only pick one cloud water to potentially be in the top three. Consistency is utile or my continuous improvement? I want to say my continuous improvement. I think you did pick it to be fair, so I can understand yeah. why you're why you're yeah, thinking. Hasn't I'm going to say there. my continuous improvement. I think because me and you, Curtis, said the two, Matt, you have cast in vote. My continuous improvement very nearly made my list, so I'm going to lean towards that one. Okay. Okay. Happy with that as number two? I. Or number three. Okay, okay, okay. So it's made the cut. That's the important thing. It's made the it's made the cut. I would like to to throw a, a line out for the emperor. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Sorry, emperor has to be in there. But can we just put emperor brewery as number two? Yeah, because it's or very... surely it should be number one. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, number one brewery on Untapped. That's. Okay, well, we'll we'll save that for the brewery bit, so we can pick okay. one of his beers for now. I haven't. The issue is, I haven't actually had them because they're yeah. here waiting to be drunk. I've had Yoda condition, and that was delicious. Mm. Yoda condition would make the list for me. Okay, well, I'd I'd say then. I think yeah, I think that's. Yo- are list. we going Yoda? Con- so Yoda condition. Well, no, I like I, I picked. To be fair, I, I've got to stick to my guns here. I did pick Interstellar Hyperdrive over. Yeah, the condition. Okay, so my continuous improvement number two. Yeah. Interstellar hyperdrive number three. I'm happy with that. Are we happy with that? Do we leave out any of your big picks? I think the left-handed giant could have been a big pick because the single version of that is absolutely delicious. Mm. Uh, Yeah, if I was going to say anything to sneak into number three, it would probably be King of the Woodland. Um, However, I didn't have the Emperor beer that you two are talking about, so it's probably unfair for me to... To, to jump in on that uh, and, and um, but you, you do now have an emperor beer Matt, so i do have an emperor beer uh courtesy of uh of, of jc but not jesus christ james Obviously curtis not. himself jeremy corbyn he wouldn't give it to you either jeremy corbyn <laughs> uh, he loves giving <clears throat> people but not not emperor beers all right then uh our crown goes to the three chiefs uh Three chiefs, fair play, lads. Uh, from the three vice men to the three chiefs. Chapeau. Uh, <laughs> all right, we've uh, moving on now. Funky beers. Uh, actually, before we go into the funky beers, uh, I've certainly poured another beer. Matt, I know you've poured another beer. They're both quite notable. Dom, I assume your beer is notable as well. I have poured uh, another beer. Dom, as yours has the chance to be the third best of the three beers. Uh, what have you got? Gosh. <laughs> um, I have Hench by Beeriff, which is uh, a double IPA. So this was originally brewed back in 2018. I don't believe it's been brewed since. And this recipe has just completely changed. So what was like quite a malty West Coast beer is now uh, delicious. Well, look at the colour of it. It's yeah. like a delicious, easy drinking. Um, it's got Nelson Sovin, Centennial, Citra, Equinor, Amarillo. And it just comes with so much flavor. It's 8%, but it tastes about 5, 6. 
like this is one you could crush and yeah it's very pleasant and i'm glad the recipe changed can't wait to get my lips around it what are you on uh it's it's i'm on a beer that's been mentioned already in the podcast it's the the realist uh tipper by cloudwater guys just to emphasize Uh, we are recording this on a thursday night for those of you listening at home (laughs) (laughs) it 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 does i think drop in a whopping 10 percent uh and uh, what does it average on tap map i don't know i think it's pretty high 4.49 Wow! <laughs> <laughs> huge, huge pull from you. Beer of the year contender on a Thursday night. That's what we do. It's what the three boys men do. One of the reasons why I wanted to buy this beer, not only because it's a fantastic beer, uh, was because of on James, on James's check-in on Untapped uh, that got liked by Cloudwater. Uh, Dom pasted some some controversial comments. Yeah, uh, and I wanted to screenshot those comments and use them as the picture when I check it in. <laughs> I'm uh, I am disappointed with my check-in day that my uh, my check-in wasn't just first things first. <laughs> <laughs> I've just uh, I've just checked my comments of that. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, if anyone wants to uh, stop me on yours? tap, you'll be able to find out. <laughs> well, well, first. Also, shout out to Iggy Azalea. Great tune. Yeah. Uh, I've um, I've got got Dale. I got you. For me, beer of the year. Nice. So I've, that's all I've said before. It's all I'm going to say again. Fucking fantastic. Funky beers is where we were um, before the high percentages started to hit us. Um, I've defined funky as anything sour or spontaneously fermented. I think that's a fairly casual category. I appreciate um, that we, by calling things pale and, I mean, you could probably put a bock into the funky category. I wouldn't mind a Hefeweizen wheat beers. I'll allow okay, it. You'll, you'll be pleased to know they haven't made my list. So, um well, what is what has he's saying? Wheat stuff? beers, and maybe I can check Allegash White back in. <laughs> <laughs> so, what has made my list is a uh, Sipper V two point five by Vault City. It's quite a trend running here because I also drank this on a podcast episode. Um, you really do by, get the best. Yeah, it is by Vault City, and it is delicious. Um, this will be my first year, really, of being experienced with Vault City, of like experiencing any of their beers. This was literally like orange juice at 7%. It was a thing of beauty. And yeah, I would highly recommend it to everyone. So that's my nomination. That's a good case to make. Uh, Matt? Uh, Moving on from Dom, I've also uh, included the Vault City beer on my list. Uh, I went for Strawberry Skies, (coughs) which I think was the first beer I had from Vault City. Uh, in January 2020 and when I drank it it, and it kind of was described as a sour on the beer list uh, I thought you know I'll give it a go I'll give it a go Uh, and it was it it, the sourness was there but it was almost like a it was like a soft sourness that I'd never had before in a in a a sour beer I'd say Vault City revolutionized my sour experience it was like drinking an Actimel but with a with a sourness to it as well, 
incredible beer. Uh, Curtis, what about yourself? I, I, I'd like to start my nominations with an apology that I haven't included anything from Pastore. Uh, they are close to my heart. I would put them up there with Vault City as one of the top two uh, like sour specialists in the UK. Um, but I have, like, they're just consistently good. I haven't, nothing stood out, so I haven't put them there. Uh, I'm going to go with 10 Kilogram Hearts which was a, a collab between McKellar Brew Pub London and uh, Press Drop. Uh, I saw about this one. I was uh, very sad that I didn't manage to get my hands on it. I had it as a takeaway in October from the McKellar Brew Pub London because they wouldn't let us in. But they're like, you can take some stuff away in a plastic cup. I had ordered a beer and then I saw this hiding at the bottom of the list and went, I'm going to have another, please. Uh, <laughs> it was, I mean, they describe it as they just threw loads of, loads of fruit into this, into this beer. It was like the thickest thing I've ever drunk. And that includes slushy. Just like pure, smooth, smooth, like slightly sour. Doesn't taste however strong it was that was quite strong. And the memory of that beer got me through my four-hour train journey home. I'm going to throw into the mix another brewery that I think has been killing it this year with their, like, fruited sours. And that is Pomona Islands. Yeah. Um, I've been very impressed with all the sours I've had from them. In particular, I'm going to say Monkbury Afternoon Delight, which is a raspberry sour, but then it's finished with Sabro hops. So it's hopped with Sabro at the end, which just, like, rounds it off. So it was a 10% beer but literally tasted like Ribena juice with a sort of like kick of lime and coconut at the end. Yeah. And it was delicious. But I think shout out to Pomona Island, pretty much any of their sours this year, I think could definitely have been in this category. I, I nearly threw, um, I nearly threw one of their beers in for my uh, over 7%. I think what, same thing we do every night was, was an absolute banger. I had, uh, and also love the Kikini Bamalang, but mainly for the name. <laughs> I knew, I thought you had mentioned the Kikini Bamalang. Matt was Mate, like, I was got, waiting got, for it. I got bare likes. I was, I was literally bare likes. Matt, what's um, another one on your list? I'm gonna uh, chuck Power Jacket by Green Cheek uh, into the mix. Got this from the Cloudwater online shop. Uh, literally, it was just like just super souped up guava sourness and it was just yeah guava guava more guava it was so it was just delicious yeah it was really really nice Uh, i think a high percentage sour but you know you couldn't taste it um and i think a very good um import that came into the uk uh i thoroughly enjoyed it uh tom what about yourself you got anything else to add into it um, so just going on guava, I've got another guava beer that I absolutely love this year. So Double Mmm, Fruit Dream with guava, strawberry and coconut. It was one of the other half beers that came over as part of the Cloudwater like, event pack. Um, guava is a beer that just lends itself perfectly to sours. And this was no exception. This was delicious. But my actual shout that I'm going to throw in there is a beer that we all had together. Never Aloha Cubed. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, this from was the Vale. The, yeah, this was the Hawaiian tropical fruit punch beer from the Vale that was like so thick 
it literally left bits down the side of the glass. Yeah, it was, was pulpy. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> but it was delicious. Like they've taken like fruited gozes to the whole nother level with this series, and yeah, just like it had so much fruit in it. Delicious. I feel like I should have mentioned a Bianca. Again, I haven't, so that's another apology. Uh, I have gone with, and this is a beer I bought completely by accident. Well, I bought it on purpose, but I didn't go specifically to buy it. Uh, it's from Track. I uh, thought for, for my birthday, I put an order in, I'd get a, a cask, little mini keg of uh, Simona. Not so, yeah, you, you know the beer. Sonoma, yeah, Sonoma, awesome. that's the one. Sonoma, yeah. In my head, I got confused with Pomona Island. I shouldn't drink eight cents on a Thursday. Uh, and so, saw this, thought, yeah, yeah, why not? I pick it up. Didn't check on tap, didn't check anything. Thought, yeah, I like the sound of that. Nine percent sour, why not? Uh, Boy in the Bubble. Mm, that was one came I was out, I missed on. Absolutely came, came in the box, was taken out of the box, had a look, went, right, let's see, see what I bought here. Hello. That's highly rated. Didn't disappoint completely. Was that uh, the Nikella Club? Yeah. Outrageous. Nice. Outrageous brew. Uh, and then if I'm, I'm going to go back to back on my nominations here. Very Something in completely a different vein. Whereas that was not so much massively in your face, but you definitely knew about it. Uh, something a lot more subtle from the Cloudwater Allagash pack. Uh, Fox Leap from Allagash. Uh, Are we going to have to do you want a technicality here? Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> oh. No, no, no. Give us a description. Give us a description. We need it. I it might was, add it this year. Yeah, spontaneous. Like, it had all that funky stuff. It had all that funky stuff, but it also had the fruit. And the balance and the blend that was there between the funkiness of the spontaneous ferment and, and I think it was red currants that they put it over. Uh, no, it wasn't red currants, it was cherries. Anyway, like the puckeriness of the cherries. Oh, what a beer. Very well crafted. Very well crafted. It was brewed in 2019 or 2018, but you know, it's aged. It, it was designed for, for drinking in 2020 nice. or longer. I couldn't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any nominations left on? Um, I don't think so. I've given out the ones I wanted. I've given shouts out to the breweries that I think smashed it this year with the sours. So I think I'm ready to rank. Matt, you got anything else to give it a little a little whisk again, or are you are you ready to number them? Well, guess what? I've got something else I'm gonna chuck into the mix. It's Fufone by Cantillon. <sighs> Had this in January 2020. Me and our favourite podcast listener glodge glodginson shared nice. this in uh, in beer gonzo in coventry uh, it cost a pretty penny but it was uh, it was very very nice you know if you go if you ask me what my favorite flavor of yogurt is i'll say apricot and so when i saw that this apricot spontaneous beer was 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 floating around in the beer gonzo cellar i said take my money and i paid the money and it came in a little basket and I don't know if I've just chucked it onto the list because of the basket and got to pour it from there, but it, but honestly, it was If I knew that delicious. was the way to your heart, Matt, I would have bought you a basket long ago. <laughs> just absolute apricot funkiness. Uh, it was just 
popping all over and but just apricot flavor throughout and yeah it was a real real experience um for so fufa and i've still got the uh, the bottle it's it's on the shelf um wow. in the flat so uh yeah really really enjoyed that one i'm going to check fufone from canty on what a masterpiece i'd like into to the mix not submit for the list but just give an honorable mention to the the nicest Cantillon i had this year which wasn't the uh saison i had at christmas but the one that i ordered for 35 pounds in a london bar this year which when it got to the table somebody else paid for that was very nice <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't keep the bottle i let him keep the bottle he paid for it nice um now i think this is probably one of the hardest categories to judge and to rank the top three because i don't think we've had a lot of each other's favorite picks yeah this is a bit awkward uh aloha cubed um i know we all love that at the time i th- i think it could make top three i could I would say third, though. I don't think it was elite. No. Personally, I would put 10 kg heart above it. Um, okay. But as you hadn't, you guys didn't have that, I'm not sure I could I could do that. That 10 kg heart was on the same day I ordered that candy on. So <laughs> it was a good day. Nice. <laughs> um, I'm going to be livid if Vault City in some way doesn't make our top three. Yeah, same, same. I'm happy to put Vault City... The, the beer you put forward, Dom, in second. I'm happy to do that. The Sipper V2.5. Matt, are you happy with that? I know uh, it's not your Strawberry Skies, and I'm sorry that I haven't had it so I can push a case for it. I'm happy I'm happy to go with uh, with your Sipper just just to get Volk City the recognition it deserves. Nice. Okay, so that leaves the number one spot. Yeah. Can you try and take it away from Cantillon? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rule out both Cantillon and my Fox Leap because they they weren't brewed in 2020, and that's a nice easy guess out clause. Yeah, Matt, I don't even think the Fufu would have been bottled in 2020. No, it wasn't. But I drank it in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was delicious. So. I want to put a case forward for the 10 kg heart. Because I think Pressure Drop have banged it. And it's with Mikella that were also one of your other shouts. They also collabed on one of your other shouts. Yeah, they, they collabed on the track shout, Boy in the Bubble. I And because it looked delicious from the pictures I saw, I would, and I have nothing to beat it, I would be ah. happy. I mean, uh, can, I, I, can, I, can I veto it? No, well, you can't veto. I mean, it. You, can you, yeah, you, you can make a case for anything better that's not the Cantillon. I'll say nothing. Okay, uh, well done to McKellar Brew Pub and Pressure Drop. Is we'll, it well, uh, we'll have to we'll have to come and visit you next year, this year, to uh, give you a, a trophy of our money when we buy more beer from you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done. So uh, that was Take You Heart number one, Sipper two point five number three. And number then, two. Number two. And then number three, what do we say? The uh, Aloha Squat Cubed. Aloha yeah. Cubed, yep. Well done to all of the nominees. Now, those are our individual beer awards. We should drink more of the styles so we could do more in detail, but then we'd have to think about it more. And, that's and it would make the episode too long. 
it would be too long. And you listen to this. You're not even listening to this anyway. You stopped listening 10 minutes ago. Why are you, why are you listening pretending when I said John still listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> Use code John McGinn for discount in our non-existent shop. <laughs> um, we have got the next category. The next category is a bit more uh, subjective. And I can't minimise Zoom while I am recording. So let me open up a different way. Next thing we said, and actually I'm, I'm going to save our top five, our top breweries for the end, end of the pod. So best newcomer brewery. I would say because I've had a few of their beers, been very impressed and then you like very new flock. Okay. I've not had any flock. I can't comment. I would also be happy to say Pastor. Pastore was going to be my, they were going to be my, one of my, yeah, probably my non- nomination with probably Emperor. Ooh, I don't know if Emperor's a newcomer though. He has so, been this year. That's true. He has been this year. And new to us. Yeah, new to us, I think. Okay. Matt? Flock and Pastore, to be fair, I've only had one Flock beer, which was tonight, but it was very nice. Um, Pastore got a few of their beers. I've actually got one in the fridge currently. Um... So I'd be happy to say them, but I, again, I don't know if it's a newcomer. I'd just say Vault City. I think they've just completely, every single beer I've had from them, and like I said before, they've really changed the way, um, the how I've used stouts now. Um, oh, sorry, not stouts, sours. Um, they've really changed the way that I've used sours um, and made me a lot more open-minded to having sours on beer lists. So I've got to give them a lot of credit for that. Okay, I've got a few more. Uh, feel free to veto if you think that they're not new enough. Okay. S43? Veto. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see them. I've been impressed with some of their beers, but I've also, like, their hit rate isn't as high as it has been with some other breweries. Um, okay. I would put Pentrich forwards oh, that, another for this on my list. year. I think they've been very consistent, and their highs pretty, have been pretty very unlucky high. to miss out on a on a an honourable mention in the above. Yeah, that's true. Category, I think. Yeah, I think we overlooked them. Sorry, um, Pentrich, if you're listening, we love you. Um, we just forgot about you at the time. You can Don't understand. Worry, how we are going to keep drinking your beers. Yeah. Pentridge could be my shout for newcomer of the year because they were the only brewery that every month, because they do monthly releases, and every month when their beers came on Premier Hop, they were like the first to be put into my box. So, yeah, I've got it's pretty solid. Good, pretty yeah. solid. I think they're they're up there with Vault City and Pastore for me for high quality output in an early stage of their uh, existence. I might sideline Vault City for now. Yeah. And then we come back to them in a minute. Okay. Like when we discuss another category, perhaps. I'll take I that. I think they may be better suited there. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Pastore or Pentridge? Battle of the Peak. I'm leaning towards Pentridge for this season, for this year. Um, Pastor were a, like, they're a close seconds. They're one that I have been impressed when I've drunk their beers. But Pentridge, I had heard nothing about, and then suddenly, I think I think I'd be willing to vote Pentridge as well, purely for the fact that they've gone from nowhere in my visibility at the start of twenty twenty to, like, they're they're someone I'll look at and will pick up 
I, I, you know, Pastore, I'll do a similar, I'd heard of them slightly before. Oh, 100%. That's probably because they're local. But I would say that Pentridge have the edge and the tiebreaker for me is that I think there's probably more mainstream acceptance and appeal. Mm. And you'll find them in more bottle shops all over the country and people pick them up. That might be pale over sour. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm happy to say Pentridge, Matt. Yeah, I, I'm. I, in to be fair, personally, I would probably go for Pastore, um, just because I've had more of their beers. Um, so I, I've just got more of a, uh, just an understanding of what they do, and they're just very, very consistent, consistently producing just just good beers, just just banging out really nice, just yeah, sour IPAs and and stuff like that and in a style that's not maybe widely accepted so i just pentrich are banging out great beers in a style that's more widely accepted which might be why they're recognized more like you just said curtis but i think pastore have maybe tapped into a a not so yeah, yeah. Recognized it's a case markets. of like Pen- Pentrich have jumped out to being from from nothing to me to like a, a medium fish in the pond, whereas Pastore have jumped from being nothing to a, a big fish in a small pond. Like they 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 occupy more of the market. Like their market share for what they do is a lot higher. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what they do next year. Basically, with Pastore, like I've loved all their beers this year, and I hope they go from strength to strength. They're uh, yeah. going to open a tap room and they've got a very good looking barrel program. So uh, we'll have to visit that. It's looking good. Yeah. But yeah, I think for, so. Breakthrough, Curtis, what are we going with? I'm going to say Pentridge uh, just because of total. And I think they'd probably edge it with if the tiebreaker was best beer. And like Pastore have done some like crackers, but Pentridge have also done some. Very nice beers this year. Okay, so the next category, uh, and this is a, a little bit subjective. It could be, it could be anything, not necessarily a beer. Biggest surprise of the year. Tippers. Tippers, yeah, Dom. I think I kind of alluded to the fact you've spoken about this before the call earlier in this uh, in this recording. We didn't think about it, did we? We thought small beers, big flavour, small. Everyone's being healthy. No one likes drinking anymore. No. Yeah, no. it just it just came so unexpectedly as well. It was sort of as soon as people saw we were in lockdown, they were like, "Well, we need something to." cheer people up people don't need to drive home anymore yeah we can it, get them fucked exactly it was like well yeah i'm gonna give you a 11 percent beer deal with it and i was like yeah. all right i'll do my best so we're not we're not selling as much beer anymore because people aren't in bars so we're gonna throw the same amount of ingredients in fewer beers and they're yeah. gonna be bigger people just did fun stuff and i mean i enjoyed it definitely but it was just very unexpected. So I think that's probably my biggest surprise of the year, to be honest. Matt, have you got a biggest surprise? So my biggest surprise is it kind of is in relation to what Dom said with tippers. My biggest surprise is that lower calorie drinks didn't take off as much as I thought they were going to. Um, 
just because literally like m- myself included a lot of the people in certainly the uk um really got into like in the lockdown they really first lockdown especially really got into their cycling and their running um and i just thought off the back of that low calorie beers or even hard seltzers would really start to take a place um but i know we spoke about this briefly off call we're saying that maybe that maybe the the lack of pubs being open is a is a big thing can it's maybe harder talking personally i I wouldn't go to to a supermarket and pick up a, a seltzer or a low calorie beer it was probably something I would look to do in maybe a pub situation or a bar situation, maybe after I'd done some exercise. Whereas yeah. if I go home, I'll just probably drink water after doing exercise. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. They kind of lead themselves to a social situation because yeah. let's be honest, if you want a soft drink, once, like you say, once you've worked out, then a bloody, like a squash is going to do the job, isn't it? You're not going to be yeah. like, oh, I want this, this and this. Um, especially with, I think, people not being able to drive places, that's probably hit the low alcohol market um, because they were always kind of seen as the designated driver drink. It's yeah. like you still want to be getting involved with the pints, but obviously not have any alcohol. Um, so losing that setting has been a big factor. But I think it's only a matter of time. Like It's one of those places where as soon as things start to open up again, you'll see those sales start to build again and more places will start to release more. Mm. Uh, for me, big surprise was the, uh, the volume of American imports since the UK uh, and the amount of stuff that was coming over in droves. And I, I don't know if that's, well, I don't know how much UK stuff was going abroad. My guess is that the, the market forces were that they weren't able to sell as much keg stuff and they were just canning everything and didn't have the infrastructure in place to sell it in the US. So, you know, when when a, a brewery or a, a bottle shop says, all right, we'll take a pallet off your hands, uh, the, the US guys were willing to say, yeah, go on, we'll send it over. I don't know if there was any improvements in refrigerated shipping technologies that allowed stuff to come over, but I, I find it slightly ironic in the year that uh, probably reversed global travel trends more stuff came over the Atlantic to the UK. Yeah. It was probably ever before visibly anyway. Yeah. In the year, the world got almost bigger for once the beer trade got smaller. Like it was going to, it was just so much easier. I think it was a surprise because a lot of things like Matt mentioned with the low alcohol and me with the tippers, they're almost things that you could say COVID has had an effect on. Mm. Um, Yeah. But there's no real reason for America to suddenly start bringing. Their well, I mean, in. but they'll still have supply chains in America you, that you think they would be fulfilling. But well, uh, you know, it's uh, I, I know if you look at, and this is potentially the wrong signals are being, you know, uh, amplified here. But if you look at the Dale Web Shop at, at the start of the year, there was never a beer on there for more than. A week mm. and now now you can pick up i think i looked earlier there were 12 beers on there i mean some of them were multi-packs and mixed packs but there was there was 12 entries whereas there was nothing on the thursday before the friday release at the start of the year yeah, yeah. That, market, that market saturation i think is probably a had a big impact but i i'd be 
I'm interested to see where it goes next year. I think that there's, well, it may have started that US breweries had stuff to send over that was excess and they couldn't shift or they weren't shifting as much as they thought they were and wanted to keep their release schedule. I think towards the end of the year, it shifted for uh, UK breweries and bottle shops saying, I want to get this in as a, a reason that people will buy from me. Yeah, I definitely hope that the importing side of things is something that continues. It's like, definitely it, a USP for these places. Yeah. Yeah, 1000%. And like the cloud water mix packs of, oh, you want three beers from this US place. All right, but you're getting three of ours as well. Yeah. 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 Th- those sort of events are definitely the ones that I think have legs and have a long term because tap takeovers and things, they're something that moving to an online base is something yeah. we could definitely see in the future because i know there have been a bunch of times i've been like oh i want to go to there's so-and-so boring at this bar oh but it's in bristol oh, how am i going to get there but like being able to do the green cheek ones and the other half ones from the comfort of our own homes it's perfect it's never ha- it's never how do i get there it's how do i get back yeah always how do i get <laughs> back <laughs> and staggering is never an option <laughs> well uh hopefully we get a mix in 2021 with both tap takeovers and more events for those of us who don't live in a in a major city or by a major bar places uh, i'm conscious of time here so we're going to rush along a little bit to the the next category which is biggest disappointment i'll, I'll lead on this uh biggest disappointment i'll lead on this um for me lack of beer festivals uh yeah i love i love going to beer festivals i know we went to one in february with cloud with friends and family good job they put such a good one so early on in the year uh we did a disappointment with a few others we were planning to go to but we couldn't go to they are for me that they're a mix of you go there for the headlines but you also go there for the little discoveries you make uh, and those those breweries that you might not necessarily try if you don't want to spend 300 pounds in a bottle shop picking up everything you've never heard of uh and that's that's something that we maybe was a bit of a hindrance for the smaller breweries who are making fantastic stuff who didn't have that platform in 2020 to showcase their their talents and their wares and and build the following that they deserve so hopefully there's a bit of talent undiscovered that we're going to pick up on next year but it's not just the fact that you go somewhere and then get quite drunk and also have great beer. It's the, it's the impact on the industry. No, it's not. It's getting drunk and having great beer. (laughs) No, I I think I would agree with that. Like beer festivals missing has kind of killed a sense of community that you have with like other people that drink like like like-minded people. Um, But I think, I think breweries have done well to kind of still keep the community feel somehow. I don't know how, like, but mm. it still managed to keep going. Like, they're the local businesses that have still managed to do well during this. People have reached out, and everyone's kind of holding their local craft brewery up. Like, we're all making sure these craft breweries survive this. And yeah, I hope when all of this has passed, there's just a massive fuck off party and all the breweries. And go. I hope I'm invited. Yeah, and it will be <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Uh, either of you got another disappointment from the year? Kind of just in a similar vein, just like pubs and bars not being open uh, yeah. as much. Like just like you say, not being able to. I know um, 
in my local pub they they have often quite you know local ales which i'll which i'll go for you know i'll have a pint of um it just it just hasn't you know hasn't happened as much so just pubs and bars not being open not me being able to support maybe my craft brewery as much as i wanted to um but yeah again with 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 beer festivals i completely agree it's like a sense of community and you just yeah you get really drunk and just have a great time with like-minded people uh moving on to our last category uh now which we've gone and i've moved this back in the order a little bit so we probably should have talked about this earlier best brewery of the year dom give me a name and it can't be one of the three that are in my head it's got to be an outside the box name for your brewery of the year okay so i don't i don't make the case as well make the case as well I don't want to say the big boys. So Dea, Cloudwater, Verdant, we all know what they're going to bring to the table every year. And they've been fantastic. Like they're consistently top five breweries in the UK. But I think we should take this opportunity to shine the light on breweries that maybe wouldn't have been the first thought in your head in January. But now we're in January 2021. Suddenly you're looking out for their releases. So they featured in our sour section and I'm going to say Vault City because every beer I've had from Vault City has been like really, really good. Um, They've been very like forward thinking with some of the different series they've done, like the Farm to Fermenter series. I love everything about it. Like it's championing sustainability, it's championing local produce, Um, like the Skies series, the Strawberry Skies, the Raspberry Skies, delicious their their um like cocktail series where they've taken a cocktail and then done an alcoholic sour version of it loved all of those beers and yeah vault city have to be up there for me like i didn't know of them before 2020 as well um which is another thing that's just raised them in my heart so i would say vault city matt please be uh, well two of the breweries on my list dom said i couldn't mention um which were Dare and Cloudwater. Uh, um, but Vault City was the first name I wrote down as well. So thanks again, Dom. But just to add on Sorry, to what Matt. Dom was saying, like yeah, I've just lit yeah, said it a couple of times already. Right, like, yeah. Matt, Matt, make a case for one of the others. Make a case for one of the others. So a name I've written down is Don Zoko Brewing Company. Um I probably maybe had heard of them in 2019, but I hadn't had any of their beers. And in 2020, so they produced, you know, a lager in big foam, which is probably the first craft beer or craft lager, which I've ever debated buying multiple times, which I just is, think is testament to Don Zoko as a brewery. I've had big foam a couple of times now. And I'd still, if I ever saw Big Foam on tap in a, in a bar or a pub in the future or a beer festival, I would definitely go and have some because, and I'm not a guy who especially likes lager. Um, I'm not really a lager drinker. Um, but Don Zoko have produced a lager that I would drink again. Um, and I've had their Northern Hellas as well. And that was just re- really nice. Uh, I kind of like their story. They were a gypsy brewery beforehand. Now they're just a a brewery just banging out lagers, not a style that's widely accepted by craft beer drinkers, but they're doing really well. And I just think they deserve a lot of credit. So that's why I've written down Don Zoka Brewing Company. 
That is one uh, of the things I love about them, that they're not unashamed, but they're proud to brew lagers. And I think yeah. that's definitely something that could be frowned upon in the scene. But they've done it in such a way that every beer they release has been fantastic. So when people drink them, it's like, yes. Like you just it's almost the, the like it's <laughs> it's very similar, but like the opposite to like Vault City. Vault City brew sours, which are it's a bit of a niche in the craft beer community, in the same way that lagers are. But mm. like lagers are seventy percent of the beer market. Yeah. yeah, just not not the craft beer market. It's yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah. isn't it? All right, Curtis, I know you've got two in your head, supposedly, that you're going to throw out here, but I just want to hear the first one. I, yeah, you look at it and you say, Dayer and Cloudwater have had the best years of their lives. And I'm going to say that unashamedly. I'll make the case for, for either of them right here, right now. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to throw another name out there. I'm going to say Cloudwater. Cloudwater started the year with their hop series, which was a revolutionary for me. They did like 15 beers showcasing, well, it started off single hop and then they maybe ran out of ideas a little bit later. They and did some like mixed stuff, but they were, they were fantastic single like crop years they they went all right we've got a bit of weight in the scene let's go to a hot producer let's get the pick of the bunch stuff that's probably happened in in the states for a while but probably a bit unheard of in the uk to be able to flex their muscles and say like we make fantastic hoppy beer we'd like to have your best hops please and the hot producer said all right just stick our name on the can uh, and that worked they moved on from that covid hit they revolutionized the e-event space. Like, I don't know what they were doing in their tap rooms beforehand. I know they had some events in their, their room in London. I know they've done some stuff in Manchester, but the event packs and the, uh, and, and then the online like web series and, and the, the production value was, was phenomenal towards the end of it i know there were they had a few technical glitches there in manchester the internet doesn't always work up there you can't blame them for that uh but it, it was fantastic they've done some fantastic dark beer stuff uh the persistences utile series the my continuous improvement series like they are by far and away some of the best stouts that you can buy in the uk and they're uh, a brewery that you'd probably say is best known for pails. Their barrel series went on leaps and bounds this year. Like, we haven't tried their, their new barrel stout stuff, but the Belgium stuff looked really good. The sour stuff looked quite interesting. They did some hoppy stuff as well, but I, I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, and then you get towards the end of the year and you think, what more can these guys do? And then they've put out some of the biggest tippers I've ever seen. Like the realist. 4.49 and untapped? Come on. Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, these are guys who have been leading the UK scene for the last three years, four years. And they've somehow managed to pull out, in my mind, intellectual growth that is almost unparalleled in the UK market. I will make a case, however, that Track have also had a great year for Manchester. They've put out some fantastic years. I know I mentioned Boy in the Bubble. They were a collab with Dayer and I've Got You uh, with Verdant. They've also brought some US stuff in that's yeah. been really fantastic. Um, like, just so you want to say something on track there, Dom? 
Yeah, I was just going to say they've been big on US imports as well. Um, and I think it tends, they have, they seem to have quite a hardcore, like not fan base, but they have quite a hardcore market um, because a lot of their beers tend to come and go quite quickly as in not come like as in a sold out quite quickly on the store. And in a year that's proved hard to do that consistently, I think they've definitely been a master at it on a large scale. A master of selling out on a small scale and definitely deserves a nod for a big 2020 is Emperor, Emperor Brewery. Shout out yeah. to the number one brewery on Untap. I mean, he was relatively little known before this year, but the fact that he's able to expand now to, what is it, 40 times his... Uh, uh, yeah, maybe even more kit. than that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's like a ridiculous number. Um, I think he's had a massive year. All the collabs that I've managed to get my hand on hands on. So I've drunk the Castle Rock one and the Nerd Bring one, and they've been delicious. I'm very excited to get stuck into the Liquid Light ones. He does like stouts and dark beers, and I really respect a brewery quite like Don Zoko. The fact that he says this is what I do, and yeah. I will do it fantastically. Like there's something about that that like earns my respect. So I'm very like I was very excited about his 2020. I'm more excited about his 2021. Um, but I think he's definitely up there with a shout. Shout out to Damien. Shout out to massive, Damien. Massive stuff. Um, <laughs> Matt, you're allowed you're allowed to make your case for Dare now. Just what can you say about them? That just. For me, the number one UK brewery, um, absolute consistency in what they do. Steady Rolling Man is, uh, it's just a tour de force in the market. It's so good every time you have it. It's the, I think it's the best core beer in the UK, the best pale ale potentially in the UK that's brewed consistently um the series that they brought out this year there's something good series you know it was experimental some of them um i'll admit some of them i remember something good too it tasted a bit grassy for me but you just gotta just you know respect the fact that they are going out there and trying different things they know they can bang out pale ales if you try if you say to Daya give me a 5% pale ale, they'll literally give you the best 5% pale ale in the UK. But they try different things with the something good series. It was an experimental series. And I think overall it was a, it was a success. It was a massive success. Um, the saturated in series was, it blew me away. The, the, the saturated in series, the, the, you know, the ones that I managed to get my hands on, saturated in Nelson, um, saturated in Motuika, uh, so such good beers we've mentioned Hector versus Galaxy for them to you know kind of have a hold on the parallel market almost in the UK and then to bring out Hector versus Galaxy and just kind of be like bam check this out and everyone's like it's amazing um, you know the first kind of showcase for them of the of the Galaxy hop almost uh, unreal from them uh, Dale will always have my heart uh, I love them so much and um, I can't wait to hopefully go to their tap room on the opening day, the 4th of March, 2021. Um, but yeah, they are lots of, lots of love. They're, they're like the Lionel Messi of UK brewing the goat. The goat. Okay. No questions asked the goat. 
So I know I said I would exclude Cloudwater and Dea, but after you two have said both of Cloudwater and Dea, I would, I would say that personally, I think I've enjoyed Dea more this year. I appreciate what Cloudwater have done with the circumstances of 2020. Like, I really appreciate their US imports and their events. I think what they've done from that side of things has been really good. I've really enjoyed some of their beers. But Dea's had the Saturated series, which has been my favorite series of 2020, hands down. And the Something's Good series, which has been, like, really interesting to shed light on hops that you wouldn't necessarily think about alongside just doing their regular stuff. So for me, I think Cloudwater have been really good kind of like brewing and but they've been even better off brewery, if that makes sense. Like not what they've done with the actual beer, but what they've done surrounding the beer. Whereas their output this year has just been phenomenal. Um, Do Do you think you could change your mind, Dom, once you've tried the barrel program? Um, I don't think it would necessarily change my mind because the barrel program is something they've been doing for a few years. And I think it will help me appreciate the barrel program a bit more. Um, I just think like, I don't know, because Cloudwater are super consistent as well. Um, I I don't know. It's it's a toss up. It's just like, it is picking between Ronaldo and Messi. Like you have to appreciate what they both do. But for me, they are just push it. Um, I'm also going to throw into the mix, I know they're not going to make top three after what we've spoken about, but Pomona Island, I think they've had a really, really good year. And yeah. they've covered every single style. Like they've done some banging pails, they've done some banging sours, they've done some banging stouts. Like they've been really good with everything. So if it wasn't such a strong year for breweries, they would be up there. I, for me, Pomona Island have done bits this year. They've... Um... I think they're probably up there with Polly's of doing very nice beer that's really well branded. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you pick up a can of Polly's, you know it's a can of Polly's. You pick up a Pomona can, and like even more than Polly's, like it doesn't have the same like logo on the can, but you know it's a Pomona Island can. Yeah, and that is clean. that, and you know it's going to be a good beer as well, which is like very impressive. Very impressive. Also, do love some of the niche references. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Hot fuzz references. We got got everything. Taste of London references. What was the hot fuzz reference. reference they did? They did a pale that was like dogs can look up or something. Hey, <laughs> love that. It was, it was I did like the. Uh, I think they had. A, I think it was an IPA called uh, "What Are Your Overheads," which is a flight of the Concorde reference. Yeah, they, they just that, that, was, that was very impressive. Yeah, I'd I'd say that Boner Island are up there in uh, for having a, a good year, or a, a great year. Uh, I'm going to throw out a name that we haven't mentioned, as who've also had a really solid year, but we probably haven't come across as much. Northern Ireland, sorry, not Northern Ireland, Northern Monk. Northern Monk, yeah. Have, um, like I think a lot of their business is through their patrons project, and like a lot of it goes out into bottle shops as well which we probably don't see as much. It's less hypey releases. I know they did their... Was their Scarfall Pike thing this year or was that last year? No, I think it was last... Was that this year? Scarfall Pike was this year. Do you mean the Ben Nevis brew? The Uh, Ben Nevis was maybe last year. Yeah, 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 Ben Nevis was just on the cross. Um, Was was Scarfall Pike basically the same thing, though? 
No, I think it was just no. It was, no, it was just like a Skyfall pipe's more like an everyday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just a standard pale. Um, Northern Monk have been very hit and miss for me this year. Their good okay. beers, their great beers have been great, but they've also had a few stinkers along the way. Like there have been a few that just haven't hit the mark with me. Like for the patrons project. Yeah. There have been some like Dipper Tipper Sabros Charters that have been like phenomenal. But then they've also had like a cucumber watermelon sour. This it's just like what are you doing here? But they've got bored and missed the mark. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna have to feed uh, I'm sorry. I'm very conscious of time here and we're we're running long. Shouts out to everyone that's still listening to this. Uh Sarge, well done for getting this far. Number three, uh, Daya. Number three, Daya. Okay. Okay. This, the, okay, this is my personal. Yeah. Number two. So I'm going number three, Daya. Number two, Vault City. Oh, am I? No, number three, Daya. Number two, Emperor. Number one, Vault City. That's my top three of the year. Okay. I'm going to say, and this is... I, I'm doing this on the year, and I'll explain it. I'm going to say three Emperor. I think the beers they've put out have been fantastic, and they've it, the hype around it is insane. I can't put it any higher because the sample size is very low, and it's one style. Two, I'm going to have to say Daya. I think the beers have been exceptional, but they've been one style or like one category uh i think i blend two this year loved it i had you know uh big 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 step forward or whatever it was there uh um bitter. just a bitter that was that was okay yeah i liked that they were they were going out on other things i think their series the way they did that and the way they kept their marketing complete was really nice uh, but I will, I, and also, yeah, to be fair to them, their process and their, from what I saw with being like online events, their, the way they brew beer is, is like phenomenal and consistent and they're in the place they are because they deserve it. Uh, and then I'm going to have to say number one, Cloudwater. I think the breadth they have is unrivaled and they've got to where they've got to, but then they haven't sat there. They've consistently expanded uh, they might have missed a beer here and there, but I think no one else in the UK has put out brews as good in as many categories and as many styles as Cloudwater has while doing enough and taking people with them. Matt, uh, Dom and I have obviously switched one and two there. you potentially coming in with a deciding vote here. Who's your top three? Top three. Uh, number three, Vault City. Uh, for me, uh, just think they've completely changed the game with sours. Uh, they've almost made soft sours, uh, not as radical sours. If you are somebody who's in the craft beer game, thinking of having a go into the sour market, if you want to dip your toe, Vault City is definitely the way to go. Um, number two for me is uh, Cloudwater. Uh, Water have done I just think they've not only banged out fantastic beer, they've also uh, the events the, the 
the, the chance for me to get my hands on some beer that I would never have been able to get my hands on. I, I mentioned it earlier in the in the episode, Allegash White was always a beer that was on my all-time beer list. Uh, I wanted to get my hands on, managed to get my hands on, you know, uh, some massive Finback beers. Still got, um, is it a Finback Banana Drip? That's still in my shed, uh, which is a huge stout. Managed to get my hands on some Green Cheek. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much, Clarewater, for that. But just day like i said always have my heart um very day biased i just think they're the most consistent brewery in the uk um i just love i've never been <sighs> disappointed by day or a lot there's been beers that haven't been as as good as other ones um there's something good series they experimented and many of them were very good the saturated series a lot of them were just banger after banger while they've still kept on producing their great great level of great beer and uh yeah it, i think they will has my number one spot uh so i don't need to have done my public choice module in my degree to know that we've got Vault City in third, Cloudwater in second and Dea in first. So fair play Dea. Uh, we will come visit your tap room when you let us and spend some money. That is your reward. I'm not going to say we weren't going to do that anyway because we probably were. Uh, I don't think we've got any time to talk about how good our beers were that we've just drunk. But i got you. I think I've talked about it before. Matt, the realist, it is. Yeah. You guys, uh, you guys said it is, and uh, yeah, you know, first things first. Didn't didn't even fucking pick it as your is your first choice though. And <laughs> Cloudwater, if you want to win uh, best brewery next year, you just got to start checking in Dom's, start toasting Dom's check-ins. It's yeah, pretty simple. Simple. It's, it's pretty. Simple it's game. pretty simple, lads. You could have done it. It's a simple game. Great time. <laughs> you could have put, put that plaque on your wall above those big barrels by your tap room. You'd have loved it. We'd have loved it. Everyone would have loved it. Um, We've got hopefully more consistent episodes coming up for you in the near future. Uh, we're recording this in January 2021 and already the future is looking bright. Uh, not in the COVID sense, but in the podcast sense. So you've got some time to listen to them. Don't worry about it. Thanks to everyone that's listened in 2020. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Lads, have a great 2021. Cheers, guys. See you next week. Cheers, everyone. See you next week.